Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah. Ya ehli Juma. Oh, people of Juma, uh, may we be gathered here to uh, learn knowledge and to uh, continue what um, our brother uh, Eric Winkle Schwab has opened for us on this beautiful um, Friday morning and um, for some Friday afternoon. But the main thing is the Juma is truly in the heart and called here by our beloved to share our hearts and, and thereby increase our knowledge. So by gathering, we increase our knowledge. I mean, already too, you could say a teacher and a student is a gathering to increase knowledge, but we also, everyone is teacher, everyone is student. Each of us is a teacher and each of us is a student. So. Um, therefore, we, we're in a constant uh, learning cycle. Alhamdulillah. Life wouldn't <laughs> be life without that. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, please send your greatest blessings and praise and magnification upon our beloved Muhammad upon um, all the prophets and messengers and upon the Ekli the Bayt, the family of Rasulullah and his wives, his children, his companions, his, uh, his followers, his lovers, um, all those who drink from his fountain in any way. So that is all of those. That is why we say that his family is the entirety of creation, O oh Allah, for he is in care, in intimate care for, for each thing. Amin, 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 and blessings uh, upon our sheikhs, upon our lineage, uh, streaming from his heart, upon Sheikh Musafir Ashki Aziz al-Jarahi, the great Ashki, the great lover of love, and upon Sheikh Noor al-Anwar al-Malik al-Jarahi, the, the one who sees through creation, who, who sees the the essence uh, through creation and who calls humanity uh, to gaze into this, the beauty of this essence and upon Nurdin Jarahi, who had the magnificent standing of the 28 names, uh, the completion of the path of return and uh, in, in companionship with all of the peers and, and, and lineages. Amen, amen, amen. So, blessings uh, to all of you on this day. And I might do, as Mustafa said, let me take a, there, that's better. So I'm seeing all, all of you uh, together. So, um, as we know, contemplating Quran, contemplating Hadith, um, Quran is really everywhere. Uh, so, um, but so I'd like to take it again today from um, Sheikh Noor and um, from this beautiful poem called Countenance and Heart of the Sheikh. No longer will I plow the sandy soil of personal will or labor on the estate of profane power. I neither come nor go on the road of time. I neither sleep nor die. I am a warrior of love, participating in the final defeat 
of the forces of negation. The earring and the bracelet of the beloved are my sole weapons, my armor that neither forgetfulness nor death can penetrate. My soul has been stolen away by the aroma of the beloved, the sound of his harp, the touch of his shoulder, the sermon of his breath, the fluency of his tongue. His mansion of coral is my own subtle body. Facing directly into supreme reality, I hear and understand its mystic idiom. Dare, O human being, to awaken. Harmonize your song, intensify your commitment, consult your heart and your heart alone. Expose yourself to loving. Seek the protection of love. To arrive at truly being, come past the curtain, waving in front of the divine light, which is your own light. Alhamdulillah. So this, these, this song of love is placed in the, on the tongue of the, of the sheikh, and as Sheikh Noor portrays the, the mystic sheikh, who is a, a living Quran, as it said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, said by his beloved Aisha that to describe uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him, she said he is the Quran. So every sheikh who is his inheritor is also the Quran, and each of us, of course, is a Quran. And this is why we can find the Quran everywhere, uh, in ourselves and in the horizons, wherever we look to the east, to the west, uh, we f we see the Quran, the living Quran. And um, Schwab's talk today was so illuminating as it is every time. And uh, again, pointing to this, pointing to finding meaning, uh, as he said, in, in every event, so that we no longer look with eyes that are glossed over, um, plowing the sand of, 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 of personal will, um, that when we're in, in, in a state of obsession, and this is why in the Hadith, uh, Allah warns us against our obsessions, because obsessions are veils. They, um, they're, they're like labyrinths, and, and we get caught in obsessive thinking. So anything can become an obsession. And, and so the, the movement of, of the, the lover is to drop that. As soon as you sense uh, that it's, it's a veil, as soon as you're thinking about something obsessively, unless it's God or beloved, um, you know, then you, you, you drop it and, you, and then immediately you are open again. Because we're really walking through this entire Quranic creation. Uh, praising praise is our natural state if we awaken to it. Uh, and that's why uh, the, the sheikhs uh, teach us and to, to awaken, to be aware, the, the habir and, and, the, and open and walking uh, peacefully on earth, walking gently on earth, uh, not, not stomping on her, not getting into states of uh, abuse or um, conflict. So if we walk peacefully on earth with minds at peace and 
hearts in love, hearts with the fire of love burning in love. So that's what should burn is the is the fire in the in the heart, the, the, the fire of love. But even beyond that, there's the the diamond essence of um, of transparency of uh, that absolute state of of sublime peace in Allah. So then we can read the Quran everywhere. Then as we we can as Ibn Arabi says, we can drink and draw from from everything. It's a, after Juma, I want us all just to gaze at where we are and look around and, and see, try to detect. I mean, it would take all day and more, everything, but just pick a few things and see the meaning of that. So I'm gazing, for instance, at a, a lamp, a light. So we normally think, oh, that's just a, a light. It only becomes meaningful at night when I need it to read my book or to get dressed or undressed. But what is the meaning behind it? What is the nur? Uh, what is the gift of Allah in that lamp? Of course, filtered through human invention and, and creativity that brings it here. But, uh, but what is the meaning? of that lamp, to illuminate our way, to make the dark light, to uh, bring ease to ourself. To, and, and as we find, as we look into things, behind every meaning is Allah's love and goodness for us. That is the, the more fundamental, uh, a pillow on my bed to rest my head at night, to make sleep easy and, and soft. It depends on the nights, of course, sometimes. <laughs> It can feel suffocating if I'm restless and distressed, but uh, the intention of a pillow is for divine ease. Well, that only speaks of Allah's love for us, Allah's care. So wherever we look, actually, in creation, we will find that. We will find Allah's care as a fundamental uh, meaning, Allah's love, in, in each thing. So this is what also this daring to, to awake to be awake and um, Quran is striving to wake us up and it always says you know read the signs read my signs read my signs look gaze uh, you know go beyond look beyond what is just your own immediate um, understanding of something so um, the Quran is is the voice of Allah the Quran is is an awakener and an illuminator and, and a, a teacher and a, an inspirer and a consoler. So um, this is how we should feel that Quran and when we begin to see the Quran throughout creation, uh, we can feel the same way about creation and about people and that, that we're all here in this magnificent journey of love and learning and uh, ecstasy and uh, yes weeping yes we weep we're, we're sad when we love we're sad at parting and uh, we're sad at dying and all, all of those states of separation make us sad but ultimately uh, when we know that there's the hereafter when we know that we will be together with those we love as promised by the, the beloved of Allah then all of this can actually make us deeply joyful, that, that joy should be here uh, as the fundamental, just as it meets the fundamental 
uh, care and love of Allah. So we should be joyful. And um, alhamdulillah. Who? Let's sit a moment, just a moment, and offer a prayer. Um, so, alhamdulillah, um, I wonder today whether I shouldn't uh, take from the book of Muslim to see hadiths that are also applying to the, what we normally think of as, as the outside, of course. So I come uh, on a hadith in which uh, the, it says that the ablution that we normally take just before prayer, but it's recommended to the dervish to keep an ablution at all times, if possible. And so there's even a farce ablution that is very, very simple. It's just washing the hands, the arms in one gesture, and the head and the feet, I think that's it. Um, and so, but of course, before prayer is the longer one, and, uh, and we do that calling Allah's name. We, we say either la ilaha illallah or Allah, or the invocation of the name that infuses the water of life and then becomes like a, a bridal veil. That's what Sheikh Noor said, you know, who would not want a veil of light uh, over their being? If, if we were given that choice, we would all say, yes, yes, we want a veil of light. Well, that's the ablution. And so, and it's a very simple way of acquiring a veil of light. <clears throat> and um, it's a very um, uh, significant uh, form of worship and one that's sometimes overlooked in the West because, you know, it, seem, it might seem too religious or it's not. It's fundamental uh, to human life and creation and the earth and it has the elements in it. Uh, the element of water, which we know through studies, is so important. We are composed of water. We come from water, as Allah says in Quran. We are. So um, here we are given a magnificent uh, form of, uh, of spiritual enlightenment by using water. And, and uh, so the Hadith says how water cleanses, each part that we wash is cleansed of, um, you know, the signs of transgressions, the signs of heedlessness. If, if our face or our eyes, our head, our hands, our arms, our feet, so that, um, again, how amazing that we can come into a, a state of pristine clarity uh, from an ablution, a conscious ablution, of course, not just slathering water on and rushing to prayer or something like that. Everything we do, we aspire to do consciously and conscientiously. So this wonderful, I was very happy to open to that um, passage on, on water and the sacredness of water. And, um, and how water brings us back. Isn't it interesting that through the means of water, we are brought back to in a, an original state of ours, uh, the state of, of uh, pristine clarity and purity and 
um, because that is the pristine state, uh, water, the, the mother, you might call it also a mother. Um, and then, actually, prior to that, I, I also opened um, to another hadith, which is one of these um, more, I, I don't know, sometimes you can't really distinguish inner and outer, and we say spiritual and earthly, and after a while, uh, doesn't seem to make that much difference. As long as the so-called earthly teachings are conveyed uh, with their spiritual meaning, then of course they become spiritual. Um, so this one was nice because it's, it's very much for dervishes. Narrated Abu Sayyid al-Hudri, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, went out to the circle of his companions and said, what makes you sit here? And they replied, we are sitting here to remember Allah and to praise him for he has guided us to the path of Islam and he has conferred great favors upon us. Thereupon he adjured by Allah and asked if that was the only purpose of their sitting there. I mean the prophet adjured by Allah asked if that was the only purpose for sitting there. And they said, by Allah, we are not sitting here, but for this very purpose. Whereupon he said, I am not asking you to take an oath because of any doubt in what you say, but for the fact that Gabriel, alayhi salam, came to me and informed me that Allah the exalted and glorious was speaking to the angels about your magnificence, about your greatness, mashallah, how, how, how wonderful. Um, so uh, this is what, alhamdulillah, I mean, we hope to be in, in these sessions, but, you know, in a, in a kind of formal way, we were in that session last night. And of course, Juma is like another a session of zikr, so it speaks of, of the greatness of those who, who gather together, who love each other for Allah's sake, and this is said that they will be on thrones, even the prophets will admire. So anything we do, of course, for Allah's sake, to, to feed the hungry, everything we do should be done for Allah's sake. So even when we feed ourselves, if we can keep that in mind, so don't think of it as a selfish act, taking care of ourselves, because that's where we separate off, and then we'll find that we're more in the selfish zone because we're probably more naturally taking care of ourselves more of the time. No, we should, if we can keep that awakeness that the Quran is speaking of and see ourselves as a sign of Allah, and which, again, I have to refer also to the teachings of Ibn Arabi as uh, expounded by Shweb. You know, if we see ourselves as this sign, then feeding ourselves is also an act of charity. And uh, as we know uh, that Ali radiallahu an, and may Allah beautify and, and fill his countenance with the greatest radiance of love said that the, the highest, the, the one who practices the, the irfan, let's say, of charity, is to really give to yourself first. He says, because the one who is mature sees their so, nefs, their ego, as a separate, almost like a separate being. Uh, 
And so, as it said, the saying is, you give charity to who you encounter first. So it's always in these rings of expansion. Um, and so he said, well, naturally, we encounter ourselves first. So eating, drinking, uh, putting on clothes and all of that, uh, it's, it's not selfishness. It's simply part of the charitable acts of Allah toward us. But of course, everything in measure. Everything in measure, everything in measure. And that's part of wisdom. And uh, which I don't think we can ever really attain it to mentally to say, how should I measure my life? It's only by giving our life to Allah. And then Allah will make us a measure, and Allah will balance us, and, and Allah will make what flows through, through us halal and beautiful and inspiring uh, to, to others. So, um, but the, the zikrullah, the zikrullah, the zikrullah, remember me, and I will remember you. Be grateful to me. Be grateful to me and remember me. So, so. Inshallah, zikrullah is constant. And if we truly feel that we're walking through the Quran, we're living in the Quran, well, let's really change our, our minds and, and see that now. From now on, we are in the living Quran all the time, as though the Quran were made three-dimensional with, with life and breath and speech and love, lovingness and all of that, those words, those letters. So um, then we will... I think quite naturally be in, in remembrance of Allah and praise of Allah and gratitude to Allah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much, Alhamdulillah. Ooh. I would like to say one more thing with the khutbah um, that's very important, that, that the hadith has both as two elements, it has more, but I want to focus on those two. One is the zikrullah, to encourage us to be in zikrullah or to recognize zikrullah in ourself and elsewhere. And the second is the communal aspect, because very important that we apply this to ourselves, because when we gather together with each other, we often forget Allah. Why is that? Isn't that strange that the human being is so much the khalif of Allah, but when we come together, we forget Allah. <laughs> that, how strange. Because the human being is so beautiful and so powerful that that distracts us, actually. So we can end up uh, becoming distracted and heedless and talking about many other things and not that we need to speak, you know, always use the word Allah, that's not it, but to feel that we are in the presence of Allah and, and, and that's important. So I want to encourage myself and each of us that in our gatherings, whether it's a gathering of two or more or family or friends or dervishes, that we come with that awareness of being present with Allah and that our gathering become about Allah because so many gatherings are not. They're about a million other things. So um, in our life, this is extremely 
important because sometimes even as dervishes, well, we go to zikr, let's say when dergah's open or we have zikr night and then we have juma and then we go out and we completely forget. This is what the, 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 the incident in the prophet's life where the companions left the dergah because there was a caravan left the masjid coming from Syria or something with lots of goods and things and they get completely distracted. So another place we, we forget Allah is also in the shopping, in the buying, you know, in the stores and the, something takes over. So very important for us to be aware of those things. So may our gatherings be about Allah and with a feeling of Allah and Maybe it's just through tenderness or through serving. If we serve each other, if we're aware of the other as a place where we can serve, that will immediately bring in the divine presence. So as I said, it doesn't need to be that we're always, we don't have to talk always mystical outwardly or things. We can be laughing or joking, but with that consciousness, with that presence of the divine there. So. I, I couldn't let this Juma go without saying that. Alhamdulillah.